3: I think what the, the K-pop agencies and the artists do a really good job of is like kind of creating this like really immersive experience where it's not just about one thing, it's not just about the music, it's not just about the videos, it's not just about the fan interactions, like it's not just about the backstories, but all these things combined create this cultural phenomenon that's it's super powerful and, and, and effective, and it connects in ways that maybe American pop or European pop, like, doesn't... doesn't really do.
4: Welcome to Get Down with K-Town. I'm your host, Esther Choi. So how on earth did K-pop become a global phenomenon? From Gangnam Style by Psy, several K-pop bands such as BTS, GOT7, EXO, BLACKPINK, hitting number one on billboards constantly, K-pop stardom is Unreal. What is really fascinating is that none of this is accidental. K-pop has been the international face of South Korea and really backed by the government. It is an extremely disciplined, organized, and controlled production system. And I really don't think that there will ever be a straight answer to this question of how K-pop became K-pop. There's so many layers and facets of K-pop. And definitely, we can always try to understand this and answer some questions. And to help me do that today, I have a really good friend of mine joining us to talk all things K-pop, David Amber. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Dave is a music producer, songwriter, and composer based out of L.A. Originally from New York, though, because that's how we met. right,
3: yeah.
4: Mm -hmm. You run and operate your own full-service music production company. And for our listeners who might not know what this means including me, <laughs> mm-hmm. what does this mean? Like, What does it mean to operate your full-service music production company?
3: So for me and the people that I work with, we're, we're like the, the beginning of the production process.
2: Because
3: mm-hmm. generally, um, you know, we, we take the song from the ground up. Me, as the producer, songwriters, as writing songs, singers, as kind of developed demo singers, mm-hmm. putting right. all these things together, um, we create the song as far as we can take it. Before we pass it along to the music labels, who then give the songs to the artists, promote the artists, mm-hmm. promote the songs, create the music videos, do the choreography. It's
4: a whole process. It's like, a whole process. But so you're so at the start of it.
3: We're Well, I mean, as far as the, from the, the musical process, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I mean, obviously the labels are kind of like our clients, mm-hmm. um, but we create the music from the ground up. And uh, yeah, yeah.
4: You've worked with both major labels and independent artists um, in the U.S. and Mm -hmm. abroad, specifically, obviously, the Asian pop world, yes, meaning K-pop and J-pop. Dave, can you name a few artists that you work with, like in K-pop, that's huge?
3: Sure, yeah. I worked with Twice, um, who's a big girl group, EXO, Girlfriend, G-Friend. um,
4: Recently, one of your songs made the number one hit list. Which song is that?
3: Well, last what? year, mm-hmm. I had a song called "Yes or Yes" that came out with twice mm-hmm. that went it was it was they called it a perfect all kill where it hits number one on all the South Korean charts That's at simultaneously. Awesome. um, so that was pretty exciting.
4: super exciting. What was your favorite artist that you worked with? You think that or your mean, favorite song? <laughs> do you have one? It's really
3: hard to say they're <laughs> all like kind of my babies you Aww, know with the yeah. songs mm-hmm. um, and working with the artists, I mean, Obviously, the artists all bring their kind of uh, perspective to the songs, and depending on who the artist is, they kind of add their own twist. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, like, the cool thing. Like, when we, you know, kind of perform a song one way, and an artist takes it, and they kind of, like, make it their own.
4: Their own personality. Uh, Yeah, and
3: and it's like, you know, sometimes it takes it to a place that I never even thought that, you know, it could go. And particularly, I always like the group SF9, Mm-hmm. Um, they're a boy group and I'm always a big fan I'm a big fan of their vocal performances and they've always done a great job with the songs I've given them so, so
4: what makes their vocals so special?
3: I don't know I mean everybody's special right? It's, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say like if they're yeah. special and somebody else isn't special uh-huh. just for like I don't know something about um, you know I, I had a song with them that just came out recently mm-hmm. um, what's the song called? it's called Lulu Lala okay and uh, they you know we wrote Um, some raps for the verses and you know we wrote it a certain way Uh and when I heard the final it was just so quirky and weird
4: and so different and so different
3: from the way that like we had imagined it that like it was Mm -hmm. just it was really cool for me like I was a fan of what they did you know
4: that's great so like that's real talent right there yeah
3: I I think so yeah
4: I have to ask this is maybe the most like blunt and obvious question Mm. but I don't think I've ever asked you this so Dave is not Korean Shocking. And <laughs> everyone's like, what? So Dave, you are a white American man. Yep. And this is a little bit mind-boggling because how did you get into K-pop? Why K-pop? And it's like, it's kind of crazy, right? Because you would think that all these writers of this these K-pop music it would be a Korean person. But mm-hmm. it's not like mm-hmm. that at all. Can you talk about this a little bit? Like, I'm sure, do you get asked this? Like, what... Has that been like? Sure, yeah.
3: I mean, you know, I think still probably the majority of writers that work in K-pop are Korean. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe there's, I don't know, 20, 25% foreign writers, either from Europe or North America mm-hmm. or, you know, other places, I mean, Japan. For me personally, like, I don't know, I've always kind of, like, tangentially, mm-hmm. like, I mean, like, I've known, I've been, like, kind of exposed to K-pop since... I don't know, when I was in college, like, mm-hmm. early 2000s.
4: Okay. But yeah. it's not like you grew up with these K-pop artists. Like, you didn't grow up with, like, H.O.T. or S.C.S. or... No, but I was aware yeah. of them. You were aware. Yeah, I mm-hmm. was
3: aware of them and, like, you know...
4: And you really liked it from the... from Sure, your- so,
3: like, we would go to, like, Norebang with my Korean yeah. friends, like... <laughs> and, like, they would be singing these songs. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of them, like... I mean, I still remember a lot of these songs, like... Uh, one time and
4: oh i love one time like a lot of
3: the ballads too from that time if i hear them now it's like very nostalgic Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so like i've always kind of even if i wasn't like actively listening yeah i was always kind of being exposed to it
4: and influenced by that i mean if you're in in philadelphia because there was a big korean scene sure yeah so you think that that kind of shaped your way of like okay like k-pop i like it
3: and then just my way of like kind of the way i go about making music mm-hmm. and it all kind of rubs off on you.
4: I'm curious how you got started into dabbling into K-pop because you weren't always obviously writing like K-pop music from the start of your career. You mm-hmm. kind of became, that kind of progressed later.
3: Yeah, well actually what happened was when I started like really professionally writing songs because mm-hmm. I started doing commercials when I first started yep. like professionally. I remember. Yeah, yeah, so and that's, I mean, that's something I love doing. Like mm-hmm. I love composing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I started writing songs and sending them out to, like, different, you know, publishers and people that could help me get the songs exposed, mm-hmm. um, I had sent uh, some songs to um, a, a, a Korean publisher. And he had gotten in touch with me, mm-hmm. and he was like, yo, your stuff, like, it fits. Like, maybe it's, it's raw and it's, like, yeah. you know.
4: So when you were sending these songs out to these producers, was it complete songs, like pop songs?
3: Yeah, so So it was
4: pop song. It's not like oh, I'm gonna send this K-pop song to this. No, I was just just
3: writing songs. Writing songs, like trying to get my chops up, and like you know. So Mm -hmm. I would just send stuff out and see what the reaction would be. And he was one of the people that like contacted me, Mm -hmm. and he was like, "This works for the K-pop market," and like you know, this was probably 2011. Mm -hmm. So like that that next wave of K-pop was starting to come in. You know, you had the Girls' Generation, yeah. uh, Super Junior, kind of all those SM artists. Mm-hmm. Big mm-hmm. Bang was still huge. Yeah. It was before Gangnam Style, uh-huh. but there was still, like, a lot of buzz.
4: Around K-pop. Um, yeah, yeah,
3: so, like, I was, I was interested. When he said that, it made me interested in, like, oh, maybe this is something that I can pursue.
4: Yeah, yeah, and then from there, it kind of was history. Like, you started writing specifically for, like, Asian pop cult- culture. Not only you write for K-pop, music you write like j-pop as well
3: Well j-pop I, I mean like i i listened to j-pop when i was a kid like okay. act- actively actively but Yeah um, yeah like
4: you speak japanese you like lived in japan for a bit
3: Yeah so mm-hmm. like that was that was something else but with with k-pop particularly and, and getting involved in that world it was like kind of a slow build Yeah so even from there I, it's not like i dove in right after that but once i started listening to more music mm-hmm. and actively listening probably like 2011 mm-hmm. like my interest started to build so then I started trying to push more into it got it um yeah
4: is there a difference between J-pop and K-pop like the the way the music oh, yeah. is
3: yeah for sure
4: what would you say like the biggest difference is if-
3: i think like sonically for me as a yeah. producer K-pop isn't isn't so fu- especially these days like K-pop is more on like the cutting tip like you know like the cutting edge of mm-hmm. of sonically all the newest sounds. Like, yeah. they're very trend conscious. K-pop so, is. K-pop is, yeah. yeah. So it's like, in that sense, that's what helps it be so global. Mm-hmm. Because they're they're forward thinking um, in terms of, like, using the latest sounds, like, you know, that kind of stuff. Whereas J-pop, they kind of have their own thing going on. It's like, its own, like, it's category
4: its own. of music.
3: Yeah, it's Is it very, more like
4: underground? Very,
3: um, it depends. I mean, obviously, broadly speaking, like, with these Japanese idol groups, it's like kind of more, I want to say, more kind of retro sounding, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? Um, They use a lot of, like, traditional instruments. Yeah. Like, it's more of, like, like maybe disco pop or Mm -hmm. something like that, as opposed to K-pop, which is generally it's pretty
2: modern. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach!
1: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to
5: catch a new episode
1: every Thursday.
5: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave,
4: I want to talk about the formulation of a Korean pop song, right? Like, how do you, do you know it's going to be a hit before you write this? Music? Like, say you're in the process of writing a song, you write it and you're like, "This is like definitely going to be a hit." Like, do you know?
3: Uh, is that a weird no, question? Uh, no, no, really. <laughs> I mean, like, I certainly feel good about certain songs when yeah. I like. I'm like, "This is this is fire!" Like, this is amazing. Yeah. Um,
4: there must be a formula to it, is what I'm. Asking. I don't think so.
3: I really no? don't. I mean, like, you know, you might do something that you think is like. The bomb, like this is the best thing I've ever done. And then you send it out and it's like crickets. <laughs> you know, like uh-huh.
4: and that has happened to you.
3: May, oh yeah, many times. Mm-hmm. Um and then there'll be songs where I'm like, This is cool. Like this isn't like my favorite song, and then it'll get picked up right away. So like for me, it'd be nice if there was some kind of formula, like
4: there is no formula. Guarantee
3: yeah. Because I mean, you know, sounds change, it depends who's listening to it.
4: It's just I'm trying to, like, get into your your musical brain, Yeah, I guess, I mean, so, right?
3: So, so I think—so uh, a lot of times it's, like, either—there's two ways to start. It's, like, either a label or a publisher requests mm-hmm. some certain kind of song. Mm-hmm. Like, they say, we're looking okay. for songs for this artist. Can you do something for them? So that so is— So
4: sometimes it's, like, artist-specific.
3: Yeah. A lot of times it's artist-specific. Okay. Um, and so we—so, like, in that situation— It's like you have a starting point. Mm -hmm. But other times, and sometimes the songs that have the most success are just the ones where you're just like, let's write a song. And, you know, as long as you're kind of like keeping the parameters in mind of what you're doing, those can be the most fun.
4: What do you think makes K-pop song different than your standard pop song? Like, why is, why do you think K-pop became K-pop? Like, it's just, it's crazy, right? Like. It you is, yeah. The fandom, a, I know of K-pop. It's like the wrath of your like K-pop fans. Yeah, they're rabid,
3: man. It's like
4: it's pretty amazing. I
3: was, I was saying yeah, I went to that um, the Itzy show on Friday, the yeah. showcase. And okay. like, just
4: can you can you tell our listeners what Itzy is? Oh sure, yeah. They're uh,
3: <laughs> they're kind of a newer K-pop girl group. They're like the sister group of Twice, which yeah. is their you know they're a massive K-pop group mm-hmm. under the JYP label. So they're kind of new, yeah, but they've gotten they've had a lot of success in a very short time mm-hmm. so we went to their showcase at LA Live the other night mm-hmm. and just being around the fans like everything that the girls say it's like people are going nuts it's like I like don't know. what
4: for example can you can you give uh, an example just, of something <sighs> that you were like, what the?
3: I'm trying to remember even off the top of my head it was just like basic kind it of it's just
4: like the energy is different the, the right?
3: energy is it's just like up to 11 like it's i don't
4: and you know the another fascinating thing is like a lot of these fans are not korean
3: it's a mix it's, it's a mix it's of every you look around it's it's every all race. ethnicities it's mm-hmm. it's truly a global thing
4: which is i think that's so great cr- i mean like kcon you spoke at K- kcon i did yeah kcon is basically like a korean conference where uh, it's like an annual Korean Wave convention that it's that's held all over the world, and it started here in LA. So, but it's like a fan celebration of Korean culture and mostly music. Um, I've done some food stuff for KCON, which I've so I've seen it.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: It's like insane.
3: Yeah, it's nuts.
4: It's insane. You see, like these girls that are dressed like K-pop stars. Mm-hmm. And none of these girls are Korean, and they're all like doing the dance moves. They're singing to the lyrics. They're speaking Korean.
3: How crazy is that?
4: I mean, for me, I'm just like, imagine, mind right? blown. <laughs> yeah. What is going on? It's cool. It's so cool. It's so cool. And I'm just, I'm just trying to understand, like, why K-pop? Like, are the songs really that different? Is it? What is it? I don't know if is it's a it like, training process. Like, what do you think?
3: I don't know. It's like they're. I, I, I mean, it's the whole thing, really. I mean, I think. What the the K pop agencies and the artists do a really good job of is like kind of creating this like really immersive experience mm-hmm. where it's not just about one thing, it's not just about the music, it's not just about the videos, it's not just about the fan interactions, like it's not just about the backstories, but all these things combined create this cultural phenomenon that's it's super powerful and, and, and effective and it connects in ways that maybe American pop or European pop like doesn't doesn't really do. And for certain people that it really connects with, it's like it creates this kind of like super dedicated fan. And I think
4: it's so crazy.
3: I, yeah, it's hard to put, it's hard to like pinpoint exactly what it is. But I can say that, you know, in my opinion, they're, they're doing something that nobody, you know, the companies and the artists are doing something that nobody else is doing. They, they've really tapped into something that's like very powerful that goes beyond just entertainment.
4: It goes, um, yeah, obviously it's like very cultural. Yeah. And obviously for Korea, it's yeah. just been insane. I mean, I feel like K-pop really shaped the way of people understanding what Korean culture is about.
3: I think so, yeah. I mean, I think for a lot of people, it's probably their their first and main exposure to Korean culture.
4: A lot, right? Yeah. Like, especially in different parts of the world. I mean, we're in America, so... It's it's especially New yeah. York, Los Angeles,
3: mm-hmm. you know Philadelphia. These big cities that have, you know, there's a lot of Korean Americans. You know, Koreatown in LA. It's like, it's this cultural hub. Yeah. Um, but a lot of places don't have that, so this is their main exposure to Korean culture, at least their first exposure.
4: Yeah, for sure. I know that you speak a little bit of Korean, but when you're writing the um, these songs. Like, how do you do? do you write your li- write the lyrics. Like, if you don't speak the language fluently, how is this f- song? Well,
3: writing? we, don't write, it, we so don't, write don't write the lyrics. We don't write the lyrics. You just well, we write the write, melody. We, we write English lyrics. Um, okay. And like, so I mean, you know, we write we write a song in English, mm-hmm. and generally the way that it works is we'll write a song in English, we'll send it to a label, and if they decide that they want to use the song, then they'll Hire a Korean lyricist to either adapt the song, mm-hmm. or sometimes they'll just change, change the lyrics the song completely. completely. Yeah, and I think
4: does that matter to you as like no, a, I mean, as, a, as uh, an artist?
3: Well, oh, I'm am like. a, I'm a my, you know so like my main skill <laughs> is production. Okay. Got so it. like for me, yeah, it's yeah. cool because like the, the music doesn't really change. Yeah. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I don't think so. I think it's it's collaborative, and I think it's a cool way for. Non Koreans and Koreans to be able to work together and create something cool and different,
4: which I love. I, I think maybe that's why you've been so successful in creating these K-pop songs because you're not Korean. Because sometimes if you're like, exposed to something like too much, you get so used to it that it's like one way, right? But you're, I guess, as an artist, like or as a songwriter, you're not just thinking about Korea. it's not what you're exposed to. And Korean, K-pop songs are kind of a mix of all different genres, right? Right. Yeah. It's not just, like, one type of pop music. It's, like, pulling different types of music into one. There's a so, lot of variety, yeah. Yeah, and so you have to kind of know know your shit, basically.
3: Yeah in, uh, yeah, in
4: terms of music. You must be, like, really special or something. Like,
3: <laughs> No, I, I, I don't, that's, don't, that's not true. <laughs> but, like, no, I think it is a cool thing that, like... And, and like, I, I've talked to a lot of, like, Korean songwriters and mm-hmm. producers and stuff, and there's a lot of musical knowledge there. It's not, like, Korean writers... Only listen to K-pop, like
4: yeah. They listen to everything. They listen to
3: everything, and it's like the same thing that I try to do. It's like I want to listen to everything and take sources from all over the place. Mm -hmm. So when we're able to collaborate and bring these different perspectives, like culturally, Mm -hmm. you know, because I'm from New Jersey, you know, (laughs) so it's so much different than from somebody who's from like you know Busan or Seoul. And we can like get on Skype, write a song together, and it's like just this kind of cross. And do you do that?
4: You like collaborate with sure, Korean yeah, yeah. writers? Absolutely, and yeah, yeah, You guys are like writing music all together?
3: Yeah. I mean, it depends on the situation. Sometimes it's like, you know, I make a track. Yeah. I send it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll do their thing. But it's it's always like, and it's, it's actually sometimes fun. Like sometimes, you know, if I can go to Korea or something and, yeah. and work with some, you know, Korean writers... And like, they can speak a little English. I can speak a little Korean. But like, somehow, just through the music, you know, I can go. What if we do da 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 da? Uh And they go. Well, we go da 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 da. You know, like that's awesome. It's like there's There's no language barrier because your language is common language. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the cool part.
2: Let's hit it.
1: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.
5: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave,
0: So a lot
4: of these K-pop groups are like 10, 12 people. So how how do you know which person's going to get which part? Or Are you a part of that process? Because you have to be thinking about that when you're writing the music, right?
3: We definitely think about it when we're writing. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to write. Um, I try to write more, depending. I mean, sometimes you're writing for a solo artist, so that affects you know the way that you're going to write. But if mm-hmm. you're writing for a group, um, you have to think about, well, there has to be this part for this member. Yeah, there has to be this part for this member. Whether or not that's how it ends up.
4: Mm-hmm. Why do some some members get left out and don't get a well, part? In the, well,
2: in the song? No,
5: no,
3: no, I think everybody gets a part, <laughs> but like it might not be the part that you know we yeah. I- originally intended it for them to be because you know they have vocal producers um, who you know are in the studio coaching them, so they might change some parts around when they're doing it and. So, yeah, it just depends.
4: How do you think K-pop influenced Western pop or the other way around? I mean, obviously, it had to have um, influenced each other, right?
3: Sure, yeah. Well, I think especially these days, like, K-pop's influence on the West is it's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see that with, like, all the collaborations that are happening, you know, with, you know, BTS and Halsey. and Yeah. I mean, you know— um, you know, Monster X is doing all these collabs, and mm-hmm. there's just so much. There's so many different things going on that I think at this point we live in a world where it's like there are no barriers mm-hmm. to collaboration. Kind of, you know, what I was saying, even with working with you know different writers. So I think these days it's like
4: everything's influenced. everything's
3: influencing each other. It's just yep. this one giant kind of melting pot of, of music and pop inspiration culture. and yeah. pop culture, yeah.
4: Do you think K-pop is a trend? What's the future of K-pop? Because right now, like, do you think it's hit a peak? I mean, it's something that I'm curious about all the time. It's K-pop, like, it's so crazy right now. How can it go crazier? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, I, know.
3: I mean, it is it is hard to say. I mean, but I would say it's definitely not a trend. Like, I don't, I don't think that it's, like, uh, if, like, BTS went away tomorrow, that mm-hmm. like K pop itself would go away yeah. as a global force. I think that, you know, it's, it's become such a global culture that it's, it's not, whether it maintains like this level, because mm-hmm. I always say like BTS, it's like Beatlemania. Like it's <laughs> like, it, it is. I mean, it's yeah. exactly the same. I mean, they're, they're what? Like they, they might be the best selling artists in the world at this point, or yeah. at least up there. Mm-hmm. Um, they sell out stadiums all around the world. So that level. I mean, yeah, why not? Why can't there be another group that does that?
4: Every time I think that it can't be beat, it's like some other group comes along and I'm like, "Oh my gosh." Right? Right? What about you? Like are are you going to continue writing K-pop? This is like your thing. Oh, this yeah. is your realm. I
3: mean, well, I, you know, I'm a musician. I I love writing all different kinds of things, but mm-hmm. like I I think for me, uh I find a lot of joy in writing um for K-pop and because, and I think the big thing about it is because it's not like something that I would ne- even necessarily get the chance to do 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. To be able to do that. And, and the fact that, like, the fan base is so excited about everything. Everything. And yeah. it makes you
4: excited. And you're like, oh, I know. we're yeah, going to yeah. be excited together. Yeah.
3: It's almost like, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I don't think that there is, like, like fan bases of of artists that kind of even match that. I don't, you know, Justin Bieber fans aren't even that crazy, you know.
4: There's something about these fans that are just it's it's extremely wow, influential in like so many different ways, mm-hmm. right? And they're not just fans of K-pop. Once they become like a K-pop fan, they're fans of everything Korean.
3: Oh yeah, 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 With, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, and it affects
4: like every part of the culture.
3: Yeah, it's like a like a gateway gateway. It's a gateway yeah, drug, you know. It's
4: a gateway, definitely. I always say that the food is the gateway, but really, with Korean culture, it might be
3: K-pop. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe you know, the food is definitely like right there.
4: Food is right. Yeah, I mean, it's Korean definitely Korean food, right there. I, I mean, you don't have to ask me. Korean course, food, obviously, it's fucking great. And speaking of food. You know, I do this thing where I cook for all of my guests.
3: Oh no, <laughs>
4: <laughs> Dave is a little nervous because <laughs> you don't eat spicy food. I can't do
3: spicy and so much green food is spicy. So oh my I'm a god, nervous. this like, kind
4: of blows my mind about you that you don't eat spicy food still to this
3: day. I, what can I say?
4: and um, of course Dave's wife uh, I worked with for a long time she's a Korean chef and I'm like Dave doesn't eat spicy food you gotta you gotta train him well I can do
3: I can do kimchi now you I've can got, do kimchi yeah now? I've gotten to that level oh my
4: god I'm so proud of you yeah I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself <laughs> so I wanted to like do this gag thing where I cook something mad spicy for you but oh, husband, I'm not that gonna was, do that it's so
3: funny that would've been so funny
4: <laughs> I feel like every man's favorite Korean dish is this dish and I've made it for another one of my guests, it's kai the braised short rib. Mm. Um, the other version I made was spicy, mm-hmm. so I was like, you know what? This version is the non-spicy one. It's thank the more you. traditional and, one.
3: Thank you very much.
4: I'm gonna have you taste it. Sure. When's the last time you had kai I don't
3: know. Maybe a month ago. A month ago? Yeah, maybe. Wow, a month it's ago. been that long. Well, you know, this looks unbelievable,
4: dude. Yeah, this is so, this is
3: This looks unbelievable. This is so.
4: <laughs> so first of all. It's, like, so funny that every, every like, man that I had on the show always wants these very difficult dishes. Like It's, like, <laughs> it's like beef that's, like, been cooked for, like, three days. Like, you wanted halong tang, which is the bone broth, which it was impossible for me to make. Um, or Kaibitim. This is possible, but it still takes, like, four hours. I'm to
3: start eating this now. I can't, yeah, just, I can't yeah, even yeah, hold please.
4: off. Yeah, please. You can't even. <laughs> oh, my God. And then the other thing that you said was gop tang, which is, like intestines, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to, like, clean intes- no, intestines. No, you don't want to
3: make that for me? <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, of course, kalbi jjim is um, not a hard to make. It just takes a long time. It's basically soy braised short ribs. Um Master, sorry. I need okay. to interrupt
3: you. This is just so good. Is it good? It's so good. Thank you.
4: You're very welcome. Can you, like, describe the flavors for our listeners?
3: Okay, so I don't know, I don't really know food terminology. <laughs> I would imagine, like, savory and <laughs> succulent and tender and juicy and just all kinds of goodness.
4: What's the flavor profile like? It's a little sweet. Do you think it's there's taste- a, yeah, there's
3: some sweetness there. Yeah. For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just enough. It's mm-hmm. not, like, overwhelming, but yeah. it doesn't get in the way of all the other stuff that's going on. Um. Yeah. What
4: else what else can you describe?
3: It's like the meat itself is the perfect blend of like there's some like the fattiness, mm-hmm. tenderness, and just like real kind of beef that you can yeah. dig into. It's just like a really nice combination.
4: Yeah, and of course the potatoes and the carrots and I add sweet potatoes to my curvy team, mm. which I always think it's like a nice touch.
3: Yeah, maybe that's giving it some of the sweetness yeah. too.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is your fondest memory of this dish? Like, why is this your favorite Korean dish besides it being freaking delicious? They, yeah.
3: <laughs> I, I mean, this might have been one of the first Korean dishes that I ever had.
4: Really? Yeah, maybe uh-huh. this
3: and like, um, bulgogi.
4: Yeah. You know, or some and, and sort of like Korean barbecue. japchae. Yeah.
3: You know, but like, this is, I don't know. This because you know, there wasn't that many Korean dishes that I could eat because so many of them are spicy.
1: Yeah. Like that's a lot of true. the soups uh-huh. and stuff.
3: So, like, I was very limited. That's so good. So, this was like very. Nice for me.
4: Yeah, that's true. You know what? Yeah, and for some of our listeners that can't eat spicy food, this is, like, the perfect thing to start with.
3: I think so. Yeah. yeah I sure. mean, it's,
4: like, braised short ribs. Who doesn't like that?
3: Yeah, it's the meat and potatoes. Yeah, and yeah definitely,
4: just- like, a crowd pleaser. Like, I make this dish when I know that—when I don't know who I'm cooking for, I make this dish, and I know that everyone's going to love it, so—
3: it's a safe bet. It's, a, it's safe. It's a safe bet. Yeah. But it's...
4: It's basic.
3: Right. It's like a great pop song.
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow.
3: Perfect. <laughs> you know, gotta, we we got to tie
4: it all together, <laughs> yeah. you know? I love it.
2: I love it. I all right.
3: Another bite. Here. Okay. Mm. That is good.
4: Well, Dave, thank you so much. Where can we find you, and where can we find your music?
3: You can, you know, my my music's all over the place. You, my, my website's ambersongs.com dot com, and my Instagram handle's is uh, David Amber Songs. So, yeah, I'm always updating my releases and Amazing. doing all new K-pop stuff.
4: Well, thank you for all you do for our Korean culture and K-pop.
3: Thank you. I mean, <laughs> I'm so happy that I can be involved, and you know, it's great.
4: Thank you so much, Dave. And that's our show. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Get Down with K-Town is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by our executive producer, Christopher Haciotis, and me, Esther Choi. Follow me on all social media at ChoiBytes. And I'd also like to thank our producer, editor, and mixer, Marcy Depina. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.